Hello and welcome to Coach Rich Rants, real takes, raw feedback, unedited and unscripted views of what's happening in youth sports, in soccer, both in the U.S. and in my local community. I will be bringing to you different takes from the perspective of either a parent of an athlete, of a player, of a coach, or as a club director and administrator. Having worn every one of those hats, I'll try to bring to you these takes from each of those perspectives. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Coach Rich Rants, video podcast edition. I will be uploading this video to the podcast channel. I've been spending a little bit more time on the podcast and haven't uh, posted a video in quite some time, so I thought I would give it a shot. Uh, the topic of this uh, discussion today is really around how it takes a village, right? So an old African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. And what that really means is that an entire village can help a child be developed and grow. So for instance, you may have one part of the neighborhood or one person in the neighborhood who is a blacksmith and they teach that child a trade. You may have someone that teaches arithmetic and teaches the kids uh, math and arithmetic skills, which is important life skill. You may have someone that helps them uh, with gardening or with hunting. So there's different parts in, of a village where different people within the community are teaching these kids, these children, different skills that are important in life. And so I, I want to kind of relate that to youth soccer for a minute. And if you break it down, right, I just broke down the life skills that someone needs and how, you know, the African proverb of it takes a village to raise a child because there are different people in the village that can influence that child through different voices, through different techniques, through different practices and through different life skills to develop that person as an individual. In the game of soccer, if you think about it, which may be a stretch, maybe not, is there are a lot of components of, of what creates a soccer player. There's individual foot skills. There's ball mastery, there's 1v1 moves, there's 1v1 defending, there's passing, there's receiving, there's finishing. There's futsal, there's 3v3, there's outdoor soccer, there's indoor soccer. So all of there's ODP, there's US Development Academy system, there's travel soccer, there's in-house soccer, there's recreational soccer. So all these different programs are out there available to youth athletes who are interested in playing soccer to learn the game of soccer. And all of these parts of the game, speed and agility, strength and conditioning, foot skills, functional training, all of these things are important to develop an overall soccer player. So when you consider that in the soccer community, there are specialists that teach goalkeepers. There are specialists that do sports performance. There are specialists that teach speed and agility. There are specialists that teach strength and conditioning. There are specialists that teach foot skills, right? There are futsal clubs. There is an ODP program. There are a number of different programs that are all competing for the same children, for the same kid, and for the same athlete. And if you think about the collective whole of the entire soccer community, what an opportunity for any athlete to develop in today to be able to take advantage of all of these resources and all of these programs and all of these materials. And in effect, all of those create that village that can develop a soccer player. So where I am in Western Pennsylvania, we are now transitioning from outdoor soccer to indoor soccer, or I should say we already have. There is, There are now futsal leagues, there are in, in fact entire futsal clubs, there are indoor leagues, and there are, are indoor strength and conditioning, speed and agility, sports performance. There are a number of different things 
that are happening in the winter that soccer players are able to participate in, both within their club and outside of their club. On top of that, there's also things like other sports. Wrestling, basketball, volleyball, although that's more of a fall sport. But other sports that, other ki that kids may be able to do that could develop them as an overall athlete, right? So here's the situation. In the U.S., because of the current status of society, I guess, we do have a great and vast neighborhood for which these kids can learn from different individuals, different voices, and different skill sets from different people in the overall soccer community or soccer neighborhood. But unfortunately, the way things are working right now in the United States, which I think is a big problem, and this is pervasive all over social media, and I'll get to that in a second, is that these neighborhoods that are out there have neighborhood bullies that are guarding their corner. And it basically means that even though there's a village and there are all of these people in the village that could teach a player or develop a child into an adult, into a person, into a soccer player, the neighborhood bullies are preventing these kids from being able to access the blacksmith, the person teaching arithmetic, the person teaching home economics. The skills that are required in a village to become an adult, if you apply that to soccer today, those same skills are out there, but the bullies on the corner are not allowing those kids to go somewhere else. And I say that because here's why. I would bet if you talk to anyone in a club, any coach, any director, even a player, there will be no director, there will be no club that doesn't think that individual foot skills or speed and agility or strength and conditioning or futsal even are bad for the player's development. Provided that it is sponsored by that particular club or doesn't interfere with that particular club's activities. So when clubs and coaches say they are all about individual player development, you have to consider what they mean by all about individual player development. In my opinion, what I've seen is that individual player development and the focus on that is still within the sphere of influence of that club. So as long as the club is providing skills or any other components of it, it is good for the player. But if the player goes to outside the club somewhere else, it isn't always um, appreciated. It's often never recommended. It's certainly not encouraged. And it's often something that causes conflict in the club. Even if it's another sport where maybe a kid plays a different sport in the winter, which actually improves their overall athletic ability because it gives their core soccer muscles some rest. It allows other muscles to develop. It allows the stabilizer muscles that are used in soccer to be primary muscles in other sports and therefore developed, which makes them an overall well-rounded athlete. It changes the soci social groups that they, that, they, um, that they hang out with or participate with, and therefore that is also a benefit to the player as well. So there we go in a neighborhood where you go down the street and you go to a different backyard or you go to a different corner and you're hanging out with different people for a while. All of which are creating great social skills for a, play, a, a kid in a village and also a soccer player to create, to create other supplemental skills. But the problem is the bullies on the corner are not preventing or allowing that to happen. So during futsal season, for example, if a futsal club gets their hands on a player, they're going to be very, they're going to be, in, and what I've seen is they really are wanting that player to have the primary focus on the futsal club at the time and not their overall club that they're committed to for the year. And in conflict, they expect you to be at futsal. 
Also, they teach football, futsal a different way than you coach soccer. So their expectation is that you're playing it their way. And I'll tell you that I think that there's a real issue too with all the way down to the parents because here's why. So parents, because of the, them wanting the best for their kids and them protecting their kids and also wanting to get a leg up for their kids, will often only do those programs that are associated directly with the club in fear participating outside of the club for repercussions from their club or their coach if they miss because of another activity or if they participate in another activity at all for fear of recruiting or whatever else, right? I know this because here's why. I also coach um, in the summer. I do um, skills clinics and camps. And when I was affiliated with a club, and I should say that I am no longer affiliated with a club directly, um, the club that I ran and merged is now, I, I've left to focus on my own son's um, final year of soccer in high school. Uh, he plays in the academy system and I've missed the last couple years, so I stepped away from soccer, but I still do my camps and clinics. And I had a group of parents on a particular team who backed out of the summer programs. They said, oh, what a shame. We really liked your program. It's a shame that you're leaving the club. So can we get a refund for the summer activities? And I was like, well, wait, I don't get it. So you don't think now that I'm not with a club that my program and the way that we train is going to benefit your son or daughter, right? And they were like, well, it will, but it's not going to help them with the club. And I'm like, time out a second. You should not expect that participating in the club or in a non-club activity that happens to be associated with someone who's in the club is going to benefit your kid within the club because it doesn't. It's all about their individual player development. The skills and the cramps and the clinics that we offer are to help the player become a better, well-rounded athlete. That's why we call it club agnostic. So if you actually thought that participating in the program was helping your kid's status within the club, you were completely wrong. But unfortunately, that's the way right now our parents are conditioned to understand. And in fact, we're not educating them in a lot of cases, or they aren't being educated in a lot of cases, that it's actually good for them, whether they're whether they participate outside the club or not. And what happens then is a parent has to make a decision for themselves. Hey, this is good for me or my son or my daughter and I'm gonna do it. So I think what we're missing here is the fact that we have an unbelievable community and we could be developing these players if we allowed the players to have access to everyone in the community and that we as a collective neighborhood, so to speak, took a part in the development of these players so that when a player had an opportunity to participate in something outside of their core club, outside of ODP, outside of futsal, outside of whatever their primary soccer activity is, that they can do so to further enhance and enrich their skills. If you look at Twitter, if you look at YouTube, if you look at Instagram, Pinterest, any of the social media outlets, there's plenty of influential people that are talking about what's wrong with you soccer. And the problem with the problem with U.S. youth soccer is that all of the people that are talking about what's wrong with youth soccer are typically not offering any suggestions on how to fix it. Instead, there's a lot of criticism. So let's take a, a typical Twitter example of a, a primary or, or maybe a, a pretty influential uh, person on Twitter will tweet something in 255 characters and they'll say make a statement. And then the dialogue that follows and all of the rebuttal from all these different people is much longer than the initial tweet in the first place and it's often well probably much more thought out and much more involved than the original intent of of the the post anyway sometimes they'll post a picture of a workout sometimes they'll post a video and then you will have all these people criticizing about it oh my gosh i can't believe you're teaching individual foot skills against cones that's so horrible for their development they need to be working on passing and receiving and playing the game that's not that's why we didn't make the world cup 
And then you have that the other person saying, well, if they can't pass or receive because they don't have the individual good foot skills, they're never going to be able to develop as a good soccer player. Oh, no, they can develop as a good soccer player by passing and receiving only. So you're going to hear all these different schools of thought on what is right and what is wrong. But the reality of it is, it is all good. If you do it correctly and you build a progressive curriculum and a program for a player to develop all of the essential foot skills, the technical skills, the ball mastery, if they do it on their own, if they get it outside, if they do the one-on-one, -on -one, if they do passing and receiving, if they practice finishing, if they work on their goalkeeper skills, if they're goalie, if they work on their strength, their conditioning, their speed, their agility, if they do all of those things that they could use to develop their skills as a soccer player, they could be a good soccer player. All of those things are available to every athlete right now in this country. Every, almost every athlete in every community. I'm not going to talk about the play-to-play -play thing for right now, but what I am going to say is this. There are things available and programs available from different parts of the soccer community at large, aka the neighborhood, that would enable a player to develop all of the essential skills, the fine skills, the detail skills, the vision, decision-making, speed of play, technical foot skills. All of that stuff could be developed in a player if they were able to take advantage of those neighborhoods or the blocks in their community that offered that training. So they could go to the blacksmith, and they could go to the home economics teacher, and they could go to the schoolhouse where they could learn arithmetic. They could learn all of that to develop into an adult in the soccer community. However, right now the corners are being guarded. And so there is a protectionism thing that goes on because there is, after all, a business aspect to it. So some people are concerned about losing players to other programs on a full-time basis and therefore losing teams, losing revenue, what have you. But the reality of it is, if everyone in the soccer community was more open to enable players to participate in other things outside of the core club, I believe it would be better for soccer overall. I believe that the people that specialize and are passionate about the way they teach and the way they coach could still offer that to everyone who is interested in that. And that would allow someone else who has a contrary opinion to what they should be spending their time on to also develop a program that further develops those capabilities of those players based on what that coach is passionate about, the way that coach approaches training, the way that coach um, um, approaches player development. What we're missing here is the fact that at the end of the day, individual player development is about the individual and it shouldn't be individual player development within the sphere of influence that they are under, that they are under, meaning the club that they're in or the school program that they're in. It should be about individual player development and what is important for that player as a person, as an athlete, as a soccer player. Regardless of the club affiliation, they should be able to participate in everything that's available to them without repercussions. And the parents shouldn't have to feel like they have to protect their child and take risks and sneak around so that their kid can develop their skills. And unfortunately right now, in the United States, that's what's happening. Everywhere you go on TV, everyone needs, I'm telling you right now, like as an educated person, you can look and you can watch and you can pay attention and you can see that people really do care. People really do have passion. They really do have a vested interest in what is going on and what is in the best interest of soccer in this country. But what is happening is there's not or doesn't seem to be the mentality that it takes a village to raise a soccer player. That players benefit from all of the programs that are available to them but aren't able to participate in it because of 
the potential for conflict, the potential for repercussions, the potential for backlash. And as a result, kids are missing out. And until and unless we start to think about a soccer player or any athlete in, in, from that perspective as an individual who needs to be developed individually first, we're going to have a very difficult time creating and developing programs where kids can really reach their potential because they're going to reach their potential within the confines of the program that they're signed up for, but not potentially ultimately reaching their potential because they're prohibited from participating in programs that would benefit from them. From listening to other coaches and other styles and approaching the game a different way. That is what is going to benefit a player. That is where they're going to grow. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you hanging in there. Check out my podcast, Coach Rich Rants. It will also be on the, uh, well, you're watching it right now on YouTube, so that's where it is. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I will catch you guys next time. Peace.